Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. something <laughs> i'm trying to wake you up jessica dennis i had skype open it was just sitting there being all skype like i'm stupid i'm not gonna work so uh, georgia you know what i like about jessica dennis do you know Tell what me. i like about her Tell okay me. so if this were a horror movie if this were a horror movie <laughs> Like so the which which it a, very well could be it could be it could, <laughs> could be. be that's true. So if this were if this were a horror movie, like I would be the most obvious killer in the horror movie, <laughs> and uh, Micah would be like they'd point to Micah a lot. Like Micah, you're so nice that you could be the killer. In a I horror could. Movie. You'd, have to, yeah. you'd have to be yeah. the killer, really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. Like, Too like obvious. If Georgia, Georgia, <laughs> kind of be the killer. Jessica Dennis is the woman you don't think about as the killer until you cross her. And then in the last reel, she's holding a knife and like (laughs) telling you all the mistakes she've made. That's you, Jessica Dennis. Well, that is accurate. My, (laughs) I, the two sides of my family on my dad's side, we're a very angry people. And on my mother's side, we hold grudges forever, literally forever. So, and we'll manufacture them if we don't have one available. Are you are you saying that no none of us should cross you? Is that really what you're saying to us here? It's good advice. Slash, okay. you Fair. already have Fair. a grudge in place for every single one of us. A secret grudge uh, we, we may not know about. <laughs> Micah, what's your deepest grudge? Let it out. We've, we've got grudge. therapist here. Ooh, deepest like, grudge. What's your oldest deepest grudge? Oh my god! Wow, that is. Hmm. See, I have to have time to think about this because I'm sure there's one back there that I could pull out, and it's like. Uh, every time I see, oh, I know what, um, <laughs> I was a bit of a goody two shoes in high school. Surprise. You don't say. Um, so what? shocked. And I did not, you know, I, I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't play with any drugs. I didn't do any of that stuff in high school. Um, I'm making a very particular note there that it was while I was in high school. Uh, and <laughs> during that period of time, um, I w- was having a conversation with some of my friends on social media and I had mentioned that I was happy that we could remember our prom night because we didn't all get plastered. And someone saw that who, uh, unfortunately, and this, this genuinely is sad, uh, later on was like removed from the school and had to go through, um, alcoholic rehabilitation. Um, so it was clearly something that like would weigh on this person's heart. And it did, they saw this message and they were just very, very, very upset with me, to put it lightly, um, and felt oh. like I was attacking them, even though I wasn't, wasn't having a conversation with them. And so they started to like spread all of this, this, these rumors and things like that throughout all of their friend groups. And the person was wanting to beat me up, and I was, you know, all it was this whole thing. And I guess they were also like tweeting about how much they didn't give a fuck about me. It, it was, it was, it was a whole deal. And um, I just remember that, like, I see. I don't even know if that's a grudge necessarily. I just think back to like i i didn't do anything to you that's so upsetting that you got so pissed at me for no reason i think it's time for some jessica dennis justice for this I, person yeah. i feel i feel bad that that Bree did that to you 
Yeah. I Wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Marie, that was not nice. Me. How could you hurt Michael like that? Yeah, when we were in high school together, I just don't understand. Right. I like I wasn't judging That's you That's true, your... kids. I am very young and was in high school yeah. recently. Which you can tell ago. by the that's true kids. Yeah. That's true. So, so Georgia, kids. ask me about my longest, deepest grudges. What what is your longest, deepest grudge? Those bastards in Congress cut NASA funding after the Challenger blew up. You know, it's just a thermal gate error. And you know what? That was the time we needed to be doubling down on our space program. And they didn't have the guts. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty upset about that. I hear you. That's a good one. That's Georgia? a good one. Yeah. Georgia, what's yeah. yours? What's my your longest <laughs> one? My longest one was when Earth 2 was canceled. Oh, so, that was brutal. <laughs> that was true. terrible. It was true. Female oh. captain, I was all into yeah. it. Kid, yeah. little alien yeah. guy. And I'm like, I was really upset. I was constantly hoping that that would come back. I actually yeah. looked on the line, like, just recently to see about, like, you know, yeah. It's Jessica, happening. can you tell us yours without, uh, you know, admitting to a murder <laughs> on the show? Um, let's see. What? She's going to look through a black know, book. Um, <laughs> my, I don't have that many good grudges because I'm kind oh. of more self-aware than most people she's, in my family. She's wiped them out but, is what she's saying. Well, I... They're already that's crossed off your list. Say. That's exactly what a killer would say. I don't but, have any but, grudges, like, Brianna. <laughs> I get even. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Who are my enemies right now? Um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I'm with Blump. There. Uh, well, here's one. I've only been holding on to this one for like two years. But um, a man told me not to worry about something that was ultimately going to become my job. Uh, okay. <laughs> I feel and like I you could do better. Never forget yes. that one. No, but well, I mean, my parents are still bitter that my I my brother and I were twins weren't invited to my cousin's birthday parties when she <laughs> when she was oh. four and we were six. So they my my mom has been holding on to this grudge for thirty years. Um, thirty years. That's like harsh. <laughs> that is the it's way of my mother's people. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about some Apple stuff, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now, before we do, I just wanted to uh, note that um, Steve Lubitz is out this week. He is celebrating Rosh Hashanah, which is uh, the Jewish New Year and the High Holy Days. Um, so he is not with us today. Uh, yeah, it's so... really good for Valerie Plain because we'd be having a very different show today if Steve were here with us. So, yep. <laughs> Steve, Steve, what is your longest, deepest grudge? It starts with Nintendo and ends with yes, Nintendo. It does. Yes, it does. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, less of a grudge. <laughs> less of a grudge, more of just a way of life, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, let's start with uh, talking about Apple. So we talked a little bit about uh, all the new announcements that came, and Apple, you know, brought out on stage and talked about. But now the iPhone eight and the iPhone eight plus, as well as the Apple Watch Series three, have been in the hands of uh, tech news writers and multiple publications and so they finally got to get their filthy little mitts on all of these beautiful devices and put them to the test um we've 
seen, I've seen some uh, video and photo reviews of the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, like the, the actual capabilities of the camera systems in them, um, as well as a lot of interesting stuff about the Apple Watch Series 3, including a Wi-Fi bug, yes, that led to an LTE issue. Um, so, so Micah, like, I'm worried about you. I was worried about okay. you all week. They didn't give you the, the S job of having to review the iPhone 8, did they? <laughs> like, did you get off of that? Like, did you? Did you have to? Do, no, no, no. I mean, no. Or maybe it would be a good week for you because you're like you, you get paid like to just go. It's another iPhone, it's, y'all. It's just, like, a, it's just a little step up, friends. That's it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I did not. In fact, Renee and Serenity are uh, together shooting photos and things like that uh, right now. In fact, uh, so they're they're continually working on their reviews, um, but early reviews for sort of the iOS 11 and watchOS sort of came out. But yeah, um, I'm curious to hear because one of the things that that I just saw because uh, Phil Schiller had tweeted out, which he does rarely, but he tweeted out an article from Tom's Guide. And the iPhone 8 is the world's fastest I is the world's fastest phone. I just have to I'm going to point this out and then we, we should break in and talk about all this stuff. But I just think it's interesting because a lot of people touch on how this phone just seems to be sort of the next step and it's sort of boring. And it is, but it's also interesting sort of <laughs> what it what it's packing in. So there is over it, its geek bench score was uh, 10,170. Now for anybody who doesn't know a geek bench score just measures overall performance runs a bunch of, runs a bunch of tests on it and then tells what the, the score is at the end 10,170 that is 54% faster than Samsung's flagship phone the Galaxy Note 8 and guess what that is even better than the 13 inch Apple MacBook Pro yes I said Pro this <laughs> yeah I just bought that one so I was kind of I, pissed about this holy cow. <laughs> but I, well, hold on hold on for a second I gotta get all geeky and developer here I mean you know the the Apple you know, ARM processors in it. Like they've done a lot with the, uh, it's probably not APIs inside of it, but like the, the device calls, like the, you know, the, the, the algorithms it does for like complex computation. They've done a lot to like bring that away from like risk uh, computing to something that can at least sort of get close to the benefits of like x86. But I, I actually don't think you can correctly like compare x86 like to ARM and just you know purely say a number is that like it's it's going to be a little bit more detailed than that. So I I don't know if I believe that. I think that's fair. And in fact, the, the Tom's Guide spoke to the Geekbench uh, CEO or whatever the heck he is, um, and he said the short the short answer. Oh, the founder of Geekbench. He said the short answer is yes that the scores are comparable across platforms. So if an iPhone 8 scores higher than an i5, then the iPhone 8 is faster than the i5. But again, yes, Brie, that's the short answer. There's certainly right. a longer, more geeky answer to look at there. Um, right. right. So, so, I mean, these phones are out. People are loving the new cameras. They, you know, they're talking up the new cameras. And then they're talking about how the design is not you know, that much to, to, to be excited about. And yes, you can lay it down on a charging pad. But other than that, it looks a lot like iPhone 7. So now that they're out there, have has any of your opinions changed because Brie you and I sort of talked about how we're we're a little bit meh on this phone like why would we get this one when the iPhone 10 is there but uh seeing it out and seeing uh, people's reviews of it has that changed at all for you 
No, I mean, it's exactly the phone that I thought it would be. Um, I never loved the design of the 6 when it came out. I mean, I thought it was okay. Uh, but, like, this is a four-year-old design, mm-hmm. and it looks really old at this point. I think if you compare it to Samsung and uh, you know even the Essential phone, I don't think it compares style-wise. I'm sure once I get to hold the glass back in my hand, um, you know, that will, I'm sure it will feel very nice. But, you know, again, with the kind of people that they're going to save money on phone. Like, do you think they're going to want something that can scratch easily or shatter easily? I just, um, I mean, Jessica, like, you're a fresh voice on the show. Like, how do you feel about it? Are you calling me an old voice on the show? <laughs> no, no, no. I just said we yes. complained about this last week. So a Jessica new grudge is here. Is but no, I want to hear your whoa. new fresh opinion too, George. Oh, 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 okay. Good, yeah, good, my, good. my extremely novel <laughs> opinion is that, eh? It's, it's better than the. It's better like than the that. seven, but I'm I'm ordering the ten when it. Yeah, comes. you I, are because I, I, the cameras in the eight are nice. To get the dual camera thing, you still need to upgrade to the Giganto phone, and I'm not going to do that. So the what? iPhone. 10. Georgia and I feel very strongly about the big iPhone. Like, we're the cult of big iPhone. Yeah. 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 Every time I pick one up, it's like the size of my entire hand. (laughs) Well, you see, now all you need, and I'm going to be jumping ahead, is you just need the Series 3 watch, and then... Uh-huh. Well, see, I mean, I, I did pre-order one of those, but of okay. course. Oh, no. Oh, Jessica, I, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm still on the Series Zero, so I've got yep, you know, so that whole I. thing. And mm-hmm. I because I am who I am, I had to order the specific Nike Plus sport model that's not shipping until October. <laughs> Because oh, that's no. how my life works. But what I'm, it's really cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use my existing one for sleep tracking <gasps> and my new one nice. during the day. So I'll have total, oh, I, fantastic. <laughs> total Ooh, Apple right, Watch right. coverage. I just need right. to figure out which band is best for sleeping in. The good thing is by waiting, you're going to get, um, you're, you're probably going to get that software update that fixes this, this bug that we're going to talk about. So the, the fact that your phone won't come later means that you'll probably have that LTE connection when you need it and want it. Uh, unlike the ones that are out there right now that are having the issue. So there, there's a little, there's a little good in waiting. Um, but Brie, back on the topic of the, uh, iPhone eight plus eight versus sort of this new iPhone 10 last week, uh, when Georgia wasn't here, we got to talk about, uh, how, the 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 big plus although we love it our pinkies <laughs> i was sure do take the brunt of that weight so the iphone 10 Mine is going to be killing nice me right now yeah <laughs> absolutely i have but, the littlest pinkies i can't deal with this <laughs> so, so, okay listen i want to i've i've told the story in the show before but like there was a weak moment where i was weak and I was thinking about giving up the iPhone. Uh, I was thinking about giving up my iPhone 6 Plus. And I texted Georgia. I'm like, Georgia, I'm having second thoughts here. And she's like, no, you stay the course. Keep that phone for at least another week. And I did. I listened to Georgia. And now I'm part of the cult of the plus. So, yeah, like you get used to it. And then you hold any other iPhone. And it's like I pick up my husband's phone. And I'm like, oh, what is this? It. Some sort of <laughs> this baby is like Fisher Price phone? It's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. You yeah. can't do it. Once you get once you're comfortable with it, that's it. There's there's no other way to like yeah. it's just you, you can't go back. I can't actually even when I'm using my husband's phone for like surfing the Web or like it's anything terrible. else. I'm like, yeah. Oh, Ugh. I can't read this. I'm like, what yep. is this? This is horrible. Yep. 
the, yeah. the only thing is that like now you get both. You get to have a really great amount of real estate on a phone when you have to and you just need the watch now. We just yep. we we've solved the problem of the phone being too big with more tech. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair more enough. Bling. Fair enough. So, I mean, I don't know. I think these reviews are exactly what we expected them to be. It's not a, a you know, it's not a thrill. I do think it's worth noting that inductive charging, uh, we knew it was going to be slow because, you know, you can't, you know, have things, you know, uh, electrons like travel through glass <laughs> as quickly as they can like a dedicated wire. So uh, inductive charging is a lot slower than I think we are planning on. What are, Micah, can you jog my memory here? What was it like uh, in an hour you'll get like 10% or something very sad like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't have the exact <laughs> figures, but it's it gotta is. It's got to be better than that. It, it's, it's, a, it's about that, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not great. Um, if you yeah. get the... the there's going to be some updates later to the charging bases that are out right now. And when that happens, uh, it's going to be a, a more high speed design. But again, that's not 15, until later this 15%. year. 15%. Yeah. I feel like you can't, like, this is something Apple people have done to Microsoft for a long time with very good reason. Like when, um, you know, when Microsoft was trying to jump ahead of the iPad coming out and they brought out those terrible devices and they got bad reviews and Microsoft said, don't worry, we're bringing updates, they're going to fix them all. And Apple people are like, you know, you can't, like, trust that updates are coming to fix all this stuff. I think it's a very fair standard to hold to Apple products as well. So, you know, Micah, like a second ago when you were saying, um, you know, the LTE thing is a bug, uh, that's a theory. We don't know if that's a bug at this point. We have some theories about it. We have some credible theories. But until, like, people have those devices in their hands and we can verify that it's working correctly, I don't think you can say, you know, this is going to be fixed or not. Um. That's that's not my understanding, and I can't go into too much detail here. Okay, um, yeah, but yeah. I can say that I've spoken with <laughs> with certain people, people okay. uh, and basically what what is yeah what is happening here is um, when the when the Apple Watch is supposed to be connecting to uh, a wireless network or rather to to LTE or some other service, it ends up connecting to these low quality Wi Fi networks, and sure. and because they have interstitial logins and all that kind of jazz it ends up causing an issue um what i can say is that that is something that they're going to fix and if that gets fixed and we still have an lte issue then yes it's another thing but the the as the, that's going to be fixed that's what i'll say is that i'm just saying don't buy it i'm saying don't buy it until it's fixed there you go like, until yeah. until you see <laughs> a journalist me. yeah right jessica sorry <laughs> i got my call. ass up yeah. at three in the morning and i oh, ordered no. <laughs> oh, no. i mean i had to i had to to be part of the club and it's important to me it's important to be part of the club it's true it's true you, you have to just be part of the club so, I mean, yeah, let's talk about the Apple Watch. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we we got to get on that topic. Um, I was just going to round back. I was trying to find some stats for the the uh, Qi wireless charging and what we'd be looking at in terms of. But the, the, the idea there is that 
the wireless charging is more of a sort of ambient charging mechanism. It's where you lay your phone at night. It's whenever your phone is in the car. Many newer vehicles have inductive charging plates um, and is meant to be less of a sort of, I need a quick charge this device before I run out the door, where it just makes more sense to plug in. And I don't know, it'll, t- it'll be a while before we get to a place where wireless charging exists as, as fast as uh, plugging in that old port. But yeah, Apple Watch Series 3, it's got LTE in it. I've seen some people talking about how they're making calls to their pals using the the new uh device and um still don't care about it <laughs> personally you still don't care i i i am so sad for you oh really really i am yeah, George is bullish about it i am so i am i wow. really am excited this is what i've been waiting for i've been waiting before the apple watch came out to have my watch that i could really just like take the watch and I don't have to bring my phone around or worry about Wi-Fi connecting, um, where I am, being 30 feet. I want to be able to go scuba diving, come out of the water in the middle of the ocean and then (laughs) make a phone call and then go back into the water. And I'm really excited about it. Like too excited about it. Like I might actually change because in Canada they don't, they don't have, uh, I'm with Fido and Fido and Rogers are not yet covering it. So I might actually have to, go with a full new carrier so that I can have this watch. Oh, my and goodness. Dang. I that's want it. That's hardcore, Georgia I Bell. want it. I want wow. this watch. I want it all. Don't you think it's problematic that, like, Apple Music streaming, uh, like, hasn't come to it yet? Like, that's one no. of the really big features. You I see, I don't listen to music while I work out often. Wow. So if I did, if I was working out, like, besides, like, diving and doing things like that like if i'm working out i'll have my phone close to me and i can just play my phone my my music through my phone or through my speaker systems and i am fine and i do the same thing for in my car uh so really i don't i don't i'm one of the few people that would not be listening to music through my watch i really want it to be able to i want to be able to go around without my phone and just leave the house without my phone and travel light i don't I like if I wear a dress, I hate the fact that my huge, and this is just where you're like completely right, <laughs> my huge hunking phone, I have to bring my entire purse. You can't bring a little purse with my huge phone. I have this huge phone that I have to carry around with me if I want to make sure that I'm still connected or if my clients are going to be okay. I want to be able to have just my watch. I go out night on the town and I don't have to worry about it. And I love that thought of freedom. I, I like that a lot. I can see that. Um, but at the same time, today is the day I gave up on my Apple Watch, like, for good. Um, oh, man. So wow. Jessica, like you, I, like you, I've got the Series Zero Apple Watch. And, um, you know, I got in from the office pretty late today. I had a long day, so I didn't get a good workout until 6 o'clock today. And I come in, and it's like my watch is dead again by six o'clock, even though I charged it all night, and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to charge it. And it's sitting there in the cradle, and I'm waiting like 30 minutes for it to charge. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, the only thing, the only thing I use Apple Watch for is for the heart rate monitor to, like, look down when I'm running, and if it's under 150 beats per minute, I know it's like, hey, Bree, stop being lazy. Get your butt in gear. Let's go, girl. So, like, that's it. That's the only feature. And I went and I dug out my just generic heart rate monitor, which I spent $40 on. It has one battery that you charge, like, every three or four years. And I put it on. It was, like, faster and easier to use and more accurate. And I'm just like... 
I was thinking through my Apple Watch purchase because it was like the the frustration with like, you know, syncing problems or being dead. And I'm just like, this is this is ridiculous. There is no justification for spending $400 on a gadget that does like the one feature in it is what this $40 gadget I have does better. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I can't talk myself into getting the Series 3 anymore. But it can play my music while I mow my lawn <laughs> without having to have um, my because I mostly use Pandora without having to use my have my uh, phone in my pocket. Okay, okay. <laughs> so your so battery will I have be a dead. Question about yeah. that because Maybe. yeah, you you have this. This is something that confused me. I had a friend who texted me and was upset that you know Apple Watch that Apple Music wasn't coming until later, and I asked him. Like, I have a Series Zero, and right now I have music that exists only on the watch. You can sync playlists to your app, to your Apple Watch. So you can actually, like, you can, you can sync music to it. You just can't stream from it, even if you don't have a Series 3. So I guess my question is, why is that not enough? <laughs> like, the fact that well, you can you sync playlists to it. Yeah. What you, you want to listen to, and oh, don't I don't know what I want to listen to. Okay. No, I just want Apple Music to put sounds into my head that i might like <laughs> oh oh that's not how i feel at all i i i don't know how i'm gonna be feeling when i wake up like maybe i want to listen to spice girls who do you think you are from their you know original album spice maybe i'm going to listen to you know prodigy electro back i don't know and i can't like predict that and put it on my apple watch so i mean i have an emergency playlist on there but it's my emergency backup playlist but it doesn't make me happy (laughs) okay yeah Uh, understood yeah (laughs) also making playlists seems like work to me like the most amazing thing i ever heard in my life was steve's itunes library curation and query system oh my lordy yeah it was this was probably two years ago i it just stuck with me and it was so perfectly steve i'm like if i were a grown-up if i were really committed to being the person that i am <laughs> i would definitely do it that way because that's exactly like you know you'd want it you you have all this data and you want to query it and stuff and whatever but i'm way too lazy for that uh, i just like sometimes i'll have a mood so i'll be like I'll start a new radio station based on some particular song and it'll do a better or worse job of coming up with things that are like that. Um, But I never, I've never sat down and made a list except for Christmas music. Uh, I have, I have a gigantic. Be proud, be proud. I oh, love Christmas music too. Oh, you're as bad as my husband. Oh. He's so mad because probably about thirty percent of the music in my Apple Music library is Christmas music, and when I when it's just shuffling all of my music, it's like it knows that he's in my car and it will play, it will play a lot of Christmas music. It's I great. love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad so, there's another proud Christmas music lover here. Hell yeah. Uh, no, judgment. Uh, so before we <laughs> move on, Georgia, I, I can't get past this. Like, so for me, when I'm working out, my goal is like, you've got to get your body up to the edge of an anaerobic state, which yeah. is, you know, the, this, the state where you're burning more oxygen than your body can generate. Uh, so you want to get like a little bit beneath that so you don't get, like muscle soreness. So like that's at least 160, 150 beats per minute. Like that's intense. And 
like if I don't have music or an audiobook or something to like concentrate on, like what I think about is like, oh my God, I'm tired, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the whole trick to working out is to distract yourself. How can you not listen to music? I can't understand that. Well, usually I'm either underwater or I'm fighting someone. And so it's, it's kind of a, <laughs> okay. Sad. You can't really fighting is <laughs> it's, its is, own distraction is, uh, really. Either I, I will listen to music if I'm like cleaning up or if I'm working out in the house, yeah. um, then I'll listen to music, but I, then I don't need my watch, right? Because I'm not like running or something. Like if I was running, and, and I know you do a lot of running, then that would make a lot more sense for me, but I don't usually have it in those states. Wouldn't it be better to fight people listening to the Matrix soundtrack? <laughs> I mean, But you see, they would get to listen to it too. You see, right. so yeah, I don't want them to be pumped up. <laughs> I want them to uh, feel the agony of defeat. No, that's how they know they're the bad guy, and you're, oh. you know, Neo. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, or that's Trinity. true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. am I working? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, am I the only one? And Jess, Jess, and I are the only ones that are going to be getting this. I'm I definitely mean, not. I, I will see <laughs> the how disgust I feel. in Micah's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to see how I feel. In a, uh, you know, I'm like in no hurry whatsoever to get this. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try to get my airbags fixed to my car first. That sounds more important. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, sounds important. Okay. And then maybe after I do that. Oh, it's fine. But then, but then Brie, if you don't get <laughs> yeah. the watch, though, Brie, then who's going to send me pictures of eggplants? That's <laughs> Egg true. Plants. That's very true. Can you Egg even plants. do that anymore? Could you still doodle on the thing? No. I don't. I don't know. Let me see. I haven't Let me see if I could. I did that a lot when we when you know when that was first a thing, and it turns yeah. out I'm I'm surprisingly good at doodling things really? on my wall. I'm oh, like wow. better than I thought I would be. Like you I sent a dinosaur to my friend Joe, and he was amazed, and I was amazed, hmm. and I have the 38 millimeter. What? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't. I don't know even know what you can do on this thing anymore, other than, like I said, uh, shut off alarms from from a distance and read my notifications and tell the time, which is all I use it for. Fabulous uh, tea timer. Exactly right. You know what they say: the best tea timer is the one that you've got on you. <laughs> they do say that. That is a saying I've heard a lot lately. <laughs> even if it has dual tea timers uh and can tell depth okay i'm Are gonna we stop talking about down. tea nope now we're talking <laughs> about cameras which is the okay joke. okay good good uh yeah so let's talk about georgia i'm Ooh. calling you out oh, no, what? <laughs> what what did i do Georgia, you've been you've been forcing patriarchal rape culture oh on Twitter. God. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's an example of a call out. Like you would see that you've been appropriating day. daddy culture. You That's a historic right. trash. Appropriating, yeah, appropriating daddy culture. So <laughs> did I kill the show? I'm yes, sorry. yes. <laughs> Georgia, hear me That's shaking my head. <laughs> oh no. That Georgia did it. Happened. It wasn't me. Yeah. Georgia, you, you, daddy appropriator, you. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, a series of articles, but um, an article here from Caitlin Burns. Uh, and Brie, you can obviously go into more detail here. I'm just going to give the, the basic rundown. Um, the, the, the article that we read, how call out culture snowballed and why it's here to stay. Now it's talking about this 
you know, literal culture of calling people out on social media. And it talks about where call out culture started and how it was once used as a tool and, and still is uh, in some cases for marginalized groups to be able to actually make a difference and to stop abuse and to to keep themselves um, from being harmed in hostile online spaces. Uh, since then, however, um, call-out culture has become this culture where people are calling each other out uh, in a way that, that is more personal and in a way that's attacking individuals as opposed to be used as a, as opposed to being used as a tool to call out ideas that maybe are not great ideas and sort of need some examining. Um, that, that that's what the article talks about in the series about call out culture. Uh, and I, I definitely can say uh, it certainly does seem to be quite the uptick and quite the trend of uh, personalized call out culture against individuals as opposed to ideas. And um, Bria, you've talked before about how this is um, pretty rampant in uh, in liberal groups, especially. Well, it certainly happened to me. I look forward to getting called out on Twitter for making a joke that Georgia is uh, perpetuating rape culture on the show. So, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard if you're on, um, if you're a public figure on the left, right? Because it's like there's a standard of purity that it's just impossible to, to live up to. I'll give you guys an example. Um, you know, I've had a lot of posts, I think, for someone, particularly white, talking about Black Lives Matter and talking about police violence. I've had op-eds in, like, the Boston Globe. Um, you know, it's like if you search through my history, you would find hundreds upon hundreds of concerned, you know, statements about police violence. So I was talking the other day about um, the need in society to pay teachers more. And I also was talking, how dare you? I know, right. It's terrible. I was also talking about how I think we should also, uh, pay police officers more so we can get better people into those positions. Um, you know, here in Massachusetts, there is, um, Literally, when I go to the gym, I pass three different um, construction sites currently. And all the time, it's like police officers are out there because we don't pay them enough getting overtime working by flagging traffic. So, Georgia, imagine your job as a therapist if you didn't get paid a living wage. And then on your days off, if you had to go stand out in whatever the weather is in Massachusetts, uh, sometimes it's freezing or raining, and flag down traffic just to try to pay your bills. I think that sucks. And, you know, like, I think that as well as doing a litany of other things, like, you know, um, holding police to higher standards of accountability, changing practices, like not letting police uh, talk to detectives about, you know, shootings until three days after they happen. You know, ending, collecting better data so bad cops don't just go department to department. Um, You know, like, all these things I very strongly agree that we need to get. But I got blasted from here to hell on Twitter because I also believe that, like all Americans, police officers should get paid a little bit more. And it's that it's so frustrating because it's like it's so easy to like take someone's statement out of context at 140 and do this like performative, oh, I'm holier than thou. I am better than thou. I, you know, it's easy to mock it. 
And what Caitlin has written about that I really, really appreciate is the the element to call out culture that's not there is forgiveness down the line, where we really do have a culture where if someone makes a mistake on the left, uh, that there's no point that they get public forgiveness. They don't get a chance to grow. And I really agree with that. And just the last thing I'll say on this, like Caitlin wrote very um, eloquently, I think, like she's a trans woman. And she was talking about how, you know, she feels like trans women, just like black women, are held to intense double standards uh, of behavior. And, like, she feels like it's just a matter of time before she makes some decision or says something that's going to make her a pariah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Caitlin's out there doing some of the strongest writing in, in feminism right now, in my opinion. And I think that's just a real shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that it's a, a huge problem. I think that, and, and we've spoken about this a lot on the show, is how um, – our, our culture is getting more and more reactive and we really are going for blood with opinions that do not agree with ours. And I think that that covers a wide range of subjects where people are really trying to destroy others um, for having differences in opinions. Um, and which it just, all, all that happens in the end is it stops us from discussing things and we get rid of discourse and people can't feel free to have differing opinions to that. And in the end, we'll end up with a mind sink where people can use social media to um, maliciously attack and destroy other people's lives. And then we'll just, people will stop speaking out at all. And we will only end up with extremists that will, you know, have already like scorched every single bridge and they don't care anymore. And everyone else is going to feel afraid and just stay quiet. And that isn't what um, most of the Western world and, and at least North America we can speak out is based upon. See, and I have to say, like, I agree with everything you're saying here, because I'll just be perfectly and completely honest. I can, I can count at least at least once a week where I'll have seen some sort of conversation taking place. And, you know, whether whether it be in public or in private, among friends or among colleagues or whatever, where I think, oh, you know, this might be something worth talking about a little bit more, or maybe this is something that may, you know, you might be misunderstanding about who I am or who this group is or whatever. And I, in many cases have just gone, I know exactly, or I think I know exactly where this is going to go. And just like, uh, you, you feel like you can't because you'll say, you'll say something that's wrong. And then someone else is going to join in and and call you out for saying this thing. That's it's, it it can be uh, difficult to try. And if it's going to be something that, you know, you're trying to improve uh, the, the grand scheme of things, I guess that's a poor way of putting it. It's difficult to try and find that balance there or try to find what, what needs to be said, what doesn't need to be said and how to get that without in the end causing a bunch of harm. Um, and yeah, I think that it's it's certainly a difficult thing where people are just waiting. And that, that's one of the things that gets talked about in the article is like how many people are just out there to build brands for themselves and, and uh, you know, become popular just because their whole thing is to call people out. And I've seen friends, you know, attacked by certain individuals whose whole brand is to call out. And you go and you look at their Twitter feed, you click on the little thing that shows their mentions, and it's just them trolling through Twitter, just looking for conversations to just 
call out this, that, and the other, hoping that they'll get a bite on something. And that's, that doesn't, that doesn't add to the conversation at all. That doesn't improve anything. Can I, can I say something and add on to that, Mike? Uh, something I think that I think especially a lot of white cisgender straight dudes don't understand is when you are any kind of minority, um, in a group. And I think this is true for white women somewhat, but I'm really talking more like queer women, transgender women, you know, women of color. Um, when you exist in that space, it is so hard to get any kind of seat at the table at all. And there are a thousand moments you've had to sit there and smile and work with the system just because it's so hard for you to be there at all in any capacity. So there's like this harder dance that you're doing because the system doesn't want you there. So like, you know, like Bernie Sanders is an example of someone that can come out and say whatever, and he's always going to have a seat at that table. But like, say, a woman of color you know, if she's trying to get to the point in her career where she's going to have enough credibility as like a, a senator to run and win and like have those connections to raise that kind of money, that's a disadvantage that she's going to be working at. Like it's there's going to be a lot of structure there to kind of reward her for playing nicer with the system. So I think there's a really big bias that, you know, white people, white straight people and cisgender people and especially men have is they don't understand all those compromises that have to be made along the way. The other thing that I would really want to add on to this is like, Micah, you're talking about people that want to build brands and that's great. Like having a Facebook page, I guess consciousness raising, it does have a purpose, but that's such a far cry from engaging a system and making a change. And, you know, what I've really tried to do throughout my career is I don't just talk about stuff. Like, I hire people at my game studio that I believe are not having chances. You know, like, Jessica, one of the reasons we always try to, uh, you know, make sure we have a guest, even though there are three people here on the show, is, like, Micah came onto the show because we realized that, like, podcasts in general don't have enough representation of people that aren't white, cisgender, straight men. So we brought him on, and we did the same thing for you. It's about giving opportunity. Yet that's my whole career is trying to be pragmatic and make change. And that is the farthest thing in the world from building a brand, which is very easy. The real world is tough. It involves compromise. It involves raising money. It involves working with people you personally think kind of suck. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's really hard. And I worry that activists in you know, 2017 are so hyper-focused on brand building that we're like missing this bigger picture. Like we've actually got to get the votes y'all. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like we've got to actually change this policy. Yeah. So I think, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying uh, too. The, the thing that I was talking about there with branding is what, sure. um, what, what, what is, uh, wow. Words. What Caitlin talks about <laughs> in the article is that there are people who make their brand calling out people. So like yeah. that's, that's what, what, you know, call, call out culture 
was more the, the whenever it became culture to call out people to be this toxic thing is whenever people decided, okay, now I'm going to start doing this because I want to be, you know, a cruddy person who's trying to get attention paid to themselves, as opposed to just being someone who genuinely is sort of trying to elevate the conversation or trying to add more to it. And so uh, Caitlin talks about in the article in a couple of places where, yeah, like the, 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 the point when it got toxic was when people were trying to build brands out of it. And when you would find people whose only goal was to just create toxicity and then they got like book deals and they got yeah. uh, mm-hmm. all of these opportunities just because they had called someone out and sort of, uh, you know, made it big on Twitter. So, right. yeah, I, I think it's more of a toxic thing than anything. This sort of brand oh, building out of, you know, being hateful towards other people. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say consciousness raising doesn't have its point, but something I was so struck with, you know, all of you, is the other day, uh, you know, there's a group of women running for office here in New England that I participate in this group. And what I was really just stunned by in this group is it's women like me. It's not like Twitter. Like, it's lawyers and it's people, they're school teachers, and it's people that are really skilled at getting stuff done in a system. Like, they're not people they are really skilled at writing a flaming hot article every day, right? <laughs> and I just think, like, it's not that I'm saying writing isn't important because it is, but I'm saying there's an entire range of people that we need in this conversation here. And it's much easier to, like, like, I've had both jobs. I've worked as a journalist. Writing articles is a lot easier than running for office. I'll tell you that. And like, we need to respect all of our perspectives. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that it's I, I think that like really we need to have everyone at the table to be able to speak and also to give other people the space to speak, because if not, it's really a conversation that's only happening between a specific group of people. And so it will always protect their interests. And I guess that that's one of the things that our show has already tried to be is, is to try to bring light to diversity. And, you know, sometimes we'll be right, sometimes we'll be wrong, but we can discuss it either way. I feel like the standard for declaring somebody a garbage person needs to be higher than it seems to be, (laughs) or maybe it's lower. Yes. uh, So next, we want to talk about uh, Colorado. They actually, they being the state, um, have worked to make one of the longest and largest um, long-acting birth control. They call it an experiment. But basically, what they're doing is offering uh, free long-acting birth control to those who need it. So it's IUDs and implants, like hormone implants, um, to prevent pregnancies. And what happened well, it depends on how you look at things, but really good things for the people who, you know, yeah. did not want an unplanned pregnancy. There was a 40% drop in uh, the birth rate among teenagers. Um, abortions fell by 42%. And there was a, also a steep decline in uh People who did who just did not you know who were not looking for unplanned pregnancies to not have them. Um, so Colorado has you know had taken the effort had, had taken the step to make IUDs and implants free to to supplement them. Um, and I'm curious you know the, the conversation here that we wanted to talk about was should this be sort of a, a right that gets spread out across the United States, seeing as, seeing as it did really well in Colorado? And so, yeah, Georgia, do you want to give us some more information on this and, and talk about um, these these options being made a right? Yeah, I, okay. So, I, you know, really, um, 
when we talk about empowerment and we talk about having, you know, very rare chances of having to have an abortion or having to be able to empower people, reproductive rights goes into there. So places where it is ha- you have easy access to be able to ensure that if you do have sex, you will not get pregnant, and if so, you can take care of it. And we also can talk about STDs and diseases and um, taking care of your families. So this is really important. It's, like, so important to have easy... Um, embarrassless access to your own reproductive rights. And so schools that give out condoms to keep STD numbers down, because we can just say it, abstinence does not work. Abstinence (laughs) does, it doesn't work. Like it just, like you can have a debate whether you think that it is not okay or um, it is wrong or against your religion to talk about sex. You can have that debate and you know, I can understand people feeling that way, but if you are actually trying to save people's lives, because pregnancy is dangerous, so is STDs. So if you care about your people, you want to make sure that you are not going to have a whole bunch of children having children or dying from diseases. We need to have reproductive issues put onto the table so that we can have easy, embarrassless access to ways in which you can control your own reproduction and make sure you do not get a disease. And so I have to say I commend states that are going through and giving out easy access to birth control and condoms, and you can talk about it and make educated decisions. Instead of closing your um, eyes and putting your fingers in your ears and going la, 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 and hoping that it will (laughs) not happen because nature will find a way and sexual drive is exceptionally strong in teenagers. If you ever remember when you were a teenager, you will know this (laughs) and it will be stronger than abstinence. I'm just going to say that these purity balls and other things sound really beautiful or creepy depending on your view What is a purity ball? What What? is a purity ball? You you didn't have this? No, no, I would not ask if I knew. Redo this. Go ahead. Uh, it's exactly what it says. It's a ball where, like, sometimes your father is there and, like, you oh. yourself. Okay, like a dance Jesus. type thing or so. Okay, it's I was picturing like you... I was I was picturing a circle, like a sphere that you hold in your no, hands, no, and no, it's like no. this you is pledge my purity. Yourself to oh. the Lord, and uh, yeah, you sign a card. It's uh, which says that you're not going to give up your virginity, yeah. until you get married, and you're kind of like have this like mock wedding dance thing with your dad. Yeah. Um, which, you know, like, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with with children bonding with their parents. But this is trying to control, <laughs> like making you through guilt, um, say that you're not going to be able to have sex, which makes people feel um, bad if they choose to. But anyways, I, it just makes me so angry because it's so important. And places where you have free and easy, and I mean like embarrassless access, where you don't need to go to have a doctor to have a test. You can go in, make your own decisions about which type of way that you can control so that you don't have to have um, get pregnant unwanted or catch an STD. This is so important because like STDs are rampant. They can destroy the rest of your life. And if you want to say that you can preach away someone's libido, it does not work. Uh, I was just reading recently that there's been a huge uptick in syphilis, um, which hadn't really been around for a while. And it's kind of a problem both because it's more drug resistant now mm-hmm. and because a lot of doctors don't really know it when they see it because 
you know, we haven't really had the pox since like the 40s, basically since um, penicillin was discovered. And then we found out about condoms and, you know, taking care, having health care available so yeah. that if you do get syphilis, you can treat it early and not spread it around. But there are certain communities and shockingly, this happens around um, like opioid illegal opioid distribution and gangs and that sort of thing. But there, there are um, teenage girls and, and women in their 20s who are getting pregnant and losing their babies because mm-hmm. they have syphilis. Mm. And it's just like such a confluence of, of horror that I can't even – it's difficult to, to even think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say this. Um, you know, for me, I – what I saw in Mississippi on this issue just really, really shocked me because I came from that kind of very privileged, uh, rich uh, background. I mean, you know, if you're one of the, the rich people, like I remember uh, you know, one of my closest friends in uh, high school, like she went over to my dad's actual gynecology clinic and went to a different doctor and like came back with this giant thing of free birth control. You know, like she was 14. That was like what the richer people had access to. Um, my school had a policy of Saturday school. So if you had X number of absences, uh, you would have to go into school on Saturday. And um, our school was kind of sectioned off. So, like, the white students didn't have a lot of classes with black students uh, because of, like, this AP racial structure. But, like, my point is, like, on Saturday school, you'll go to school And that would be where you'd see all the really young girls, like teenagers, 13, 14. uh, They'd missed a lot of school because they had children. Um, And they had no choice but to bring their children to Saturday school. So I'm talking about um, a, a stadium of about probably 200 people and probably 10, 15, 20 girls there with children that are in their teens bringing them to school. Mm. And, you know, you you ask, like, so few of my classmates from Mississippi ever left, you know, or went on to, you know, kind of get out of that world. And I think about those young women often. Like, what were their lives like when, you know, they were a child trying to take care of a child? Like, this is the kind of situation that really doesn't benefit from stupid politicians mm-hmm. opening our mouth and getting involved. Like, there's so few policies in schools that benefit from politicians getting involved. And, like, this is one of them. I just, I think, like, we should step out. Like, this is a reproductive health care issue between a young woman and a doctor. And it's just, it's, it's like you say, Georgia, it's just absolutely bananas. I went to school in Hawaii, and there was a lot of the that same sort of awesome. thing. There was, there was a, <laughs> there's a lot of teen pregnancy. Um, yeah. In fact, one of the one of the girls who was in most of my classes until she wasn't anymore was very pregnant with her second child at graduation. Now it's great that she graduated, and she graduated on time, so she must have really worked her ass off to make that happen. <laughs> but but it's so sad that she was in that situation. And it changes someone's complete socioeconomic status after that. 
It's really yeah. hard to raise a child. You don't get to do the same things. If if you are very well off or your parents are, are very supportive, then maybe, you know, you'd still be able to go and finish school. But often that isn't the case to it. And, um, you know, you know, if, and if you're a boy, it's the same thing and you don't have any say on what's going to happen. It, this is really a big deal. This is a very odd and unique um, perspective because my my mom had me when she was 16 years old. So in in the same moment that I'm going to be talking about, like, this would have, you know, better sexual education and things like that would have helped. That also means that I wouldn't be here. But again, like the, the things that she went through... Um, not great. Um, my mom, my, my grandparents lived, as we call it in Missouri, out in the country, which means that you don't live in the city. You live out. We lived on a farm. It was out in the middle of nowhere with an earth contact home. She went to a pretty big school, but it was a school in the country. My mom was pushed down a flight of stairs because she had a black baby inside of her. My mom was bullied relentlessly because she had a black baby inside of her. Um, she experienced so much racist hatred um and like i said had me when she was 16 years old and uh well and this was this was also uh she was going to uh, a christian school for a period of time when they found out she was pregnant they kicked her out um and then moving to the school in the country uh is where she experienced all the racist hatred so eventually of course uh thank god was uh at home and you know my Mom has had three kids since then, and yeah, it's certain, and much of it, you know, kind of doing it herself and with my grandparents. And so, uh, it certainly does affect one's socioeconomic, um, ability, basically. Um, and, you know, my mom is one to talk about these things and say that she wouldn't want anyone else to go through the stuff that she went through. And even even if it weren't for the racism and things like that, just the, the idea of having to raise a child at 16 years old and sort of not have those formative years yourself um, is is a struggle. And so... Certainly, uh, she's an advocate for any sort of education and any sort of funding that can help that. And I am as well, because I, I don't want anyone to go through what my own mother went through just to bring me into the world. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's this is always stuff that I'm like, we, we, we have to be better about this and good on Colorado as a state deciding that they were going to fund this. So, I mean, Micah, and I realize we've got to close out the show, but like, I mean, what uh, you've, you've spoken on the show a hundred times. It's like obvious the love between you and your mom. It just, it comes through in every show we do, like to the point where I'm jealous of it. That must yeah. be awesome. Uh, but like, what was that like for you? Because like, I'm thinking about my childhood, which was very privileged. And I mean, did that, that, that must have been very hard for you, I would imagine. Um, I was blessed in that when I was uh, very young, my grandparents uh, were there for my mom as much as, as they were there for me. And so we were oh. able to live out in the country with them and you know, they were, they were there to help. Uh, after a period of time, um, we moved away and you know, I, I, when I look back on, uh, it, it's interesting, like sort of looking back with perspective in the situation, I think, because 
again, my mom had when she was 16. So we were very, very close. And I helped her as much as she helped me whenever, you know, I got older. And, uh, you know, we kind of ran things together and made it happen and, and made it work. But looking back, now it's like you know you certainly see those tough times and you certainly see the the experiences there and uh when you throw on the fact that you know you're not <laughs> you're not a white boy in some uh less than forward thinking places then that adds to it as well so uh, you know it was tough but we made it work and i know that it certainly um has has educated what is what informed my my whole worldview uh now and um has has sort of changed my perspective on again this this kind of thing and also uh the government helping people when they need it you know i am not afraid or ashamed to say that my mom relied on government support and we had food stamps growing up and if she didn't have that if we didn't have that then there's no way i would be here today like there's it's just that's it just wouldn't work it, she needed that and thank god it was there and mm-hmm. so anytime i see people sort of getting down on people for uh having food stamps and then also wanting to i don't know have amazon prime which was a recent thing where people who had food stamps could get Amazon Prime. Well, that's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so anyway, I, I have no patience for that. Please like, do, do people a favor. If you see that kind of shaming, like that's an example call out culture was probably called for. Yep. So. Call them out. Please, for the love <laughs> yeah. of God. I, I can't have our blessing. Behavior. Yeah. You can't yeah, have Netflix and also, yeah. you know, live under the poverty line. Oh, that's it's bull. so dumb. No. It's so dumb. How about people? It's like, oh, you can't have an iPhone if you're getting assistance with food. Like as if like an iPhone is like an unattainable <laughs> right. object these days. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, yeah, we should we should get to uh, rounding out the show here. Um, I'm going to put out that call again. You should definitely get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. We want to know your questions. We want to answer them. We want to hear your poems. We want to uh, help you out with anything that's going on. So do get in touch. And here is exactly how you can do that. You can call us at 508-418-3532. Or you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM. And use the hashtag disrupt me if you choose to use that method. Now, you can also send us a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. As always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. Hey, go and give the show a review on iTunes. We love it when you do that, and it always helps. Uh, And if you're looking for the show notes, you can look down at that app you're listening to this in right now. Or you can go to relay.fm slash disruption. Jessica, Dennis, if people are looking (laughs) for you online, where can they find you? Well, they can find me at Jessica Dennis on Twitter. Uh, I am also on the podcast Ruffled Feathers, which you can get to at ruffledfeathers.xyz. And I recently wrote an article on Medium with some fashion advice for Eddie Q. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Cold. I, I cannot cold. wait. That should have been a topic. Uh, you no, should have like, talked to us about uh, that. Oh, next I'm time excited now. Yeah. You're going to yes. have to come out. Yeah. Like, Georgia, are you feeling sick? Like, do yeah. you think you'll be here this week, next week? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I think moving. I may be I'm coving down. At some point, so at some point, I'm not going to be here. So okay. Okay. How long did the high holy days last? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Anyway, we have got yeah. to. Yeah, that. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to read that. We're going to have to go into that. <laughs> I'll send you a link. 
If you are looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter, and that usually has links to all the other stuff that I do. Uh, if Steve were here, he'd tell you that you could find him at Wicked Good on Twitter, where he's probably tweeting about Hearthstone whenever he's uh, back and available again to do so. Uh, and uh, we missed you, Steve. And Bree, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? So can I tell you guys about something really fun that I'm doing? Yes. Uh, so this week... Uh, actually, it'll be on Monday. I have an op-ed uh, in the Washington Post. Ooh. And this is one of the best things I've ever written, like one of our nation's most prestigious papers. And I got to tell you, it all came out. It all came out. Like everything I'm pissed off about with our <laughs> government technology policy, like I'm talking about Equifax. I'm yes. talking about the Apple uh, like FBI trying to exploit Apple over the San Bernardino shooting. I'm talking Obama's terrible uh, like comments. I'm talking about Marsha Blackburn's idiotic comments about like comparing uh, like the uh, Mariah Botnet and saying we need to pass SOPA because of it. Ugh. Like <laughs> all of it just came out in this epic 1600 word piece. So Ooh. I feel a lot better this week. Uh, so I'm really, really happy <laughs> awesome. about that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but if you want to look for me online, you can find me under my Twitter account, Space Cat Gal. Excellent. And last but certainly not least, everyone's favorite falcon catcher, or whatever that is, uh, Georgia Dow. If people are looking for you, where can they find you? Well, if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, you can check out anxiety-videos.com, and you can check me out on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. Do you have to pick between the anxiety or depression video? Like, is it one or the other? There, or is it there like are like both many different videos. Time? So if you're dealing with sleep yeah. issues, you can just get a video on sleep. If you're dealing with parenting, there's a video on parenting. Uh, so you don't like you can get both, but you don't get all. Like, or you could get a package I've, that is yeah. all, like, I guess. Boundary yeah. issues. I've seen it three times, and you I think I'm developing... You have seen it three times? I love that movie. I've read that book so really? many times. Really? So I think I'm developing a fear of clowns. Like, I was out <laughs> the running more you today, watch it? it was perfectly dark. Yeah. I don't know why, Micah. It's weird. There's going to be a deleted scene in the... Uh, in the Blu-ray, uh, it looks like where, like, it takes place in the 1600s, where this mother <sighs> like offers her child to it, what? To eat, yeah. so what? it will spare that her life. Horrible, and yeah, like they have to cut it from the, the theatrical release. So I don't know why I'm scared of clowns now, Georgia. I, I wonder. Immersion therapy, though. I thought chlorophobia, fear of clowns. Can you can you do a video about that? <laughs> you know Brianna? what? It's funny because during <laughs> yeah. Halloween, I always do a lot of um, radio shows about like chlorophobia, yeah. and fear of clowns. And remember last year where people like there were all those fake stories of clowns attacking people and stuff like that. That was a really big deal. Um, but uh, yeah, I can. Hey, and you know what? I have never had. I apologize. That's that's me barking. I've never actually oh. dealt with a person coming in to deal with chlorophobia ever. Like I've never really had people said hmm. that they have it. But I guess it's rare. You just would you just avoid circuses, like is my thought. Right. Just avoid. Yeah. You know, I have this fear of uh, bricks, so I avoid all brick buildings. Uh, really? It's usually not an issue. Oh, no, no. no. That would be harder to do. That would be Yeah, that one you should probably get rid of. You should probably okay. come in and talk to she... Georgia. Yeah, what scares <laughs> you, Jessica Dennis? Uh, ducts. Duct work. Ducts. Okay, oh, I thought you said ducks. Ducks. 
Like, yeah, like, not ducks. like, or, okay. well, not in my house, because, well, I don't have ducks in this house, we don't have central air, but, like, large ductwork, like, in a restaurant or something that's, like, huge, and you can see it, because when I was little, I was kind of afraid I would get sucked into a duct, and, like, pool <gasps> drains Ooh. is kind of the same thing, so that's, like, my irrational fear. Also, large air handlers, like, uh, I was who? in the, I, I was in the basement, you know, those gigantic air conditioners that they have, yeah. like, it oh, has a huge blower with, like, big scary belts and stuff, and it looks mm-hmm. like it would really mess you up if you, like, got too close to it. Yeah, I find those terrifying. Sounds so, like you're afraid of getting, like, sucked into things almost. Yeah, I have, like, an HVAC phobia. It's really pretty <laughs> weird. Portals, so, they also scare you. So, something, can I tell, this is a true story. Like, I'm not joking here. So something that happened to me when I was, like, 13, that one of the boys in my neighborhood that I was desperately crushing on, named Brody Ivy, uh, every single Halloween, uh, we would go over to his house and do a really big thing and, uh, like, put graves in the yard and then jump out of them. <laughs> People <laughs> as they it. were coming. So one, um, one year... Uh, we did it and we were like in the backyard, like getting ready to pull out the, the wooden graves and we do it and I go out there and I fall down and there was a nest of cockroaches oh, underneath, God. The tomb- underneath the tombstone. So I had all of them climbing. Uh, over and it freaked me out. That, this isn't the bad part. And then I, was, oh. I was so freaked out about it. And my mom thought it was so funny that she and my sister oh, went God. and got like toy cockroaches <gasps> and filled my bed with them. Oh no. my gosh. And no. I got in there and I looked at it and I freaked out like yeah. level 800, screaming like tremoring in a corner and then my mom was angry at me for being traumatized what? about that. So, yeah, oh. true story. Jeez. Good God. That sounds horrible. Yep. Yeah, that's like, not really, that, that, that's no. like a lifeline yeah. trauma kind of like a, a lifelong oh, trauma. That's, that's low level for me, Georgia. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, true. I yes. forgot who yeah. I was speaking to. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, I get it. Wait, Georgia, do you, do you have any fears? Yeah. Uh, I used Are to have a fear of, of heights. Yeah, I used to have a fear of heights. Used to. Um, well, I, <laughs> I, I, I worked on it, right? Like, um, so I, I'm still not going to say that I would want to. You know, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay, but it's still something that, you know, if I went to something now really high, uh, that didn't have a ledge, I would probably feel scared of that. Um, I don't like clowns. I'm not going to say I'm scared of them. I don't like them. Uh, but when I do so many, um, fear, I help other people with their fears and phobias, I do it with them. So I'm kind of like, I've caught so many spiders and brought them in and had it walk over my hand. Blech. That, <gasps> that, yeah. You're yeah, like yeah. immune. Well, it makes, look, I'm doing the same thing. So I have to work nice. on my breathing and help someone else through it. I can't help them in a fear of phobia that I have. And so, you know, and plus my brother, like, you know, he runs like a special effects shop. So he's got creepy gore, blood, like zombies, you know, like all kinds of really creepy stuff. Um, and so that's not, but yeah, I did definitely have uh, a fear of heights. So it's like your immune system, right? Like you're constantly yeah. subjecting yourselves to all these terrors. It's true. So it is like you're you're immune to fear. I'm d- well, <laughs> you're no. like Evie after the movie <laughs> E, where she has no fear. That's, no, that's no, it's not. It's not. I am not. I definitely. I have a, a strong startle reflex. If you jump out at me, I will. Um, yeah, I'll definitely punch. scream. Scream. I might punch. 
Um, yeah, I could faint. I don't know. Like, who knows? So I still have that. But it, it does work. Like, the desensitization can work to it really effectively. It's probably one of the easiest um, things to actually help get over if you have any fear of phobia. Um, you know, I do a couple of dogs every year, a couple of uh, few spiders. Uh, we need to pay for Steve to come in and see you. Blood. Um, if you yeah. wanted to, you could. Get rid of his dog fear. Yeah, if you wanted to. Oh, God. His heartbreaking dog fear. Yeah. Jessica, you're a cat person, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I see, love dogs, I'll mind too, my words, but, then. Uh, but I'm, see, uh, I'm, I'm big about cats. I've noticed that many more cat people will also say that they are cool with dogs than dog people will say that they like cats. Like, a cat person might not want a dog in their home, but they're like, oh, yeah, dogs are cool. But, like, a dog person that's a dog person through and through is like, man, cats are the worst. I hate them. I am deathly allergic to cats, so I do Aww, not I'm like not cats at that. all. Like, horribly allergic to cats. It's awful, so I don't like cats. But um, I try my best not to put out that cat hate, you know, like in public, where well, some people are like, cats are the I worst, mean, they'll never talk to you. But it's kind of true. Oh, that's a lie. That is such a lie. What? I feel like people who hate cats are people who've never had cats, who've never had the joy of owning cats. Cats are great. What is the joy? My, my cats greet me at the door when I come home, and they keep my lap warm in winter, and they just, they love me. They do. I can tell they love me. They're not like uh, If you stop feeding them, if you stop so feeding them, they dogs, still love you. They? Well, cats eat you immediately if you okay, stop. Okay. Like if you die, cats eat your face <laughs> right away. Dogs give you a little while, you know, just to be sure. But cats are like, well, we got to be pragmatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it really but, says something that you still allow those like, creatures into your home. Yeah. yeah. No, well, it's it's okay until I die. And at that point, I won't mind. That's um, true. <laughs> That's wow. I mean, my cats kind of prefer my husband, even though I'm the one that feeds them the most. So I don't know what that says. It's, I mean, partly it's because cats don't like being hugged that much. And I really like to hug the cats. So, so I nearly, I nearly died because of a cat when I was very young. I had a cat bite me. And like, there's a song, Cat Scratch Fever, but it's an actual thing. Like, it it transmits this bacteria. Like, I was one of the 15% of people that developed really serious uh, complications from a feral cat biting me. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, despite that, I, Brianna Wu, the representative for Congress. <laughs> I accept all pets. Into so your heart. I don't, I don't dislike your cat. If I see your cat, I will nod appreciatively at your pet. At From your a cat. distance. Right. From a distance. Same. That is how I love cats. Just, yeah. Okay. I see a kitty cat. You're, I like cat cool. Jeffs. They're great. <laughs> there you go. Like, give that to me all day. Oh, man. We should probably uh, wrap it up then. I guess. All right. All right. right. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Take care. 